This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Hundreds of police officers working around the state of Maine uh, to investigate this case. We're certainly not used to this and certainly not used to this kind of police presence. And it's, uh, you know, just a... um a remarkable day and all the wrong uh, reasons, for all the wrong reasons. A vehicle, which was a vehicle of interest in this incident, was located in Lisbon, and we are now also asking residents in Lisbon to shelter in place. Kyla looking for a history of mental health uh, issues, and uh, and I always go back to one of the things we talk about a lot on the show, polling for what it's worth, but we talk about the right track, wrong direction of the country, and yeah, people are bombed out. They for for sure are, whether it's because of prices, whatever's going on. They're worried about the border. They're worried about their young kids getting a hold of the fentanyl that comes through the poorest border. Yeah, folks are worried. Folks have some mental issues. And I do want to mention there's a local state lawmaker, uh, Doug Mann, uh, who uh, ran. He was elected in, well, he was elected about a year ago, sworn in to the Missouri House of Representatives. Uh, and he has said, I am stepping down less than a year into his term. He says he's going to step down for mental health issues. So you can see how these things affect people. And did get an interesting text that I want to share before we get on to these problems that are happening for Biden. And they are becoming increasingly difficult for him to uh, solve. But one of our uh, listeners sent us a text earlier saying, Hey, I, I'm not about government spending and things like that, but I wonder, could we do some more things on the front end? And we can look around locally. I know there's been an effort underway in Boone County, and I do see some, there is some reasonableness in this. And say, like, somebody goes to jail, they get picked up for something. And you look at the number of folks that oftentimes when they're picked up, they're arrested. A lot of these folks, they have drug and alcohol issues, they have mental health issues. And so the thought is, in an effort to save taxpayers money in the long term the thought is what if when we get some of these people right away if maybe we said hey we can offer some mental health counseling or we try to offer something and then that way we don't keep rearresting you we don't keep giving you three hots in a con we don't keep expand uh, you know uh, putting out resources because you're not getting help for the initial problem and i gotta tell you i'm okay with that i really am if it saves money in the long term I am okay with that. Well, well and, and I think, you know, what we've seen from the last several years, the mental health issues have just become so much. I mean, a, a lot of people struggled in COVID and it just, it kind of amplified um, struggles people were already having and the isolation. And even for people who weren't struggling before, I think weren't, I mean, the isolation was hard on everybody. And so I think it's becoming just ever, it's just becoming way more serious. And I think we were ill-equipped with the amount of mental health resources we would need. And then also, I think people who weren't used to experiencing that kind of isolation and um, and issues weren't fully informed on where they could go to get, you know, resources that they needed. Yeah, look or, at all the people warehoused in prisons. I mean, that's the main main population of prisons across the U.S. is people on you know, drug charges, most of them nonviolent ones. Yeah, and if so, we get folks some help on the front end, maybe long term, that will save us, uh, save us as taxpayers, save us some money. And the other thing, we look at Missouri's number one industry, the biggest income revenue generator in the state of Missouri is agriculture. And Marsh, you know, I know you, you're, you help out farmers, man, what they're facing because of this drought. 
for example. It's been a rough, rough year. It's been a rough year. As a matter of fact, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, he's going to be joining us 735 to talk about the drought, the potential impacts uh, on that. And the other thing, so then when you have drought and you have farmers that are here in Missouri putting out less money, there's less money that's being paid to people. And then when you go to the grocery store to go buy stuff, a lot of that stuff uh, costs more. Lieutenant Governor Kehoe here, 735 on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And I want to mention this real quick, too. Um, kudos to uh, Hilly and Hart uh, Morning Show on our country. Yeah, how about that? Can we give them a big round of applause? Wow. Uh, we're hoping they get an opportunity to check in this morning, but I mentioned it for two reasons. We talk about small local businesses and local radio and why local radio matters, whether it's weather. We inform folks, hey, weather's about to go south. Look at the tornado a couple of years ago and look at what, and not just us here at Zimmer, but Radio Nationwide, small local radio. There's a dude by the name of Guglielmo Marconi. Well, there was. (laughs) There was, you're correct. He'd been gone (laughs) for a little bit. Uh, But he is, in effect, he is the guy, Guglielmo Marconi, he is the guy who invented radio. And every year there's uh, an award show. Is it uh, Hannah, would you, uh, akin to the Oscars, maybe? Yeah, it's like the radio version of winning an Oscar or winning a Grammy. It's basically the biggest honor you can get in the broadcast industry. Yeah. And there was a huge award show last night in Hillian Hart from Cat Country, one of our uh, country stations. Uh, they flew out to New York. They got into a cab, went, checked into a hotel room. They got all duffied up. They looked as good as producer Hannah and Stephanie Bell did last night at the Rack Scallop. By the way, pictures of that on the Wake Up Mid-Missouri Facebook page. And um, they go to the thing, and you're talking about radio stations all across the country. And they narrowed it down to three, some finalists. And you've got Hillian Hart, our finalist. Holy cow, they won. Man. It was great. So we have a little ladios group chat. And so we had been kind of getting updates from Erin all day. And I knew she was really nervous. Um, and we had been rooting her on. And so when we finally got the news last night that they won the award, it was so exciting. And I, I've seen her Facebook. She said she cried on stage. But how can you not? I mean, it's the, be- the highest recognition you can get in the industry. And it's just so exciting to see them get it. And last year we had a couple of coworkers get get awards too kcmq down the hall and uh, and Kristen from y107 so mm-hmm. we got a pretty good track record with the marconis so funny story one of our stations a few years ago was up for talk station of the year and i was new to radio had never heard of a marconi award and i get this text message and i'm in a big group text and people are telling me congratulations for being nominated for a marconi I definitely read it as a macaroni. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm sitting at home going, what the hell's a macaroni award? And why are all these people telling me congratulations? Uh, so congratulations. We've said so they're in cabs now trying to fly out this morning. Hopefully they'll be able to check in for just a few minutes here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie Bell, producer Hannah John Marsh, Brian Halsworth, I am Brandon Rathard. Uh, we have a new Speaker of the House. And I'll echo Stephanie Bell's sentiments from yesterday. Why had we not heard about Mike Johnson uh, before? Wow. Uh, he's a former attorney, former talk show host on the radio. And here's two things that I really love about what this guy said. Now, it was a speech. I grew up mostly in Missouri. I'm all about show me state. Show me. It was a great speech. Uh, and hopefully he will show us. But here's two things that impressed me about this guy. Is Number one, he said, 
We're going to explain why our policies, we're going to explain why they matter. And I am such a big fan of that because of talk radio. Because I've, for, or for years, I hear a lot of people on talk radio. Nobody in this building or in this room, but they complain, this, this, and that. Okay, but explain to me. Tell me why it matters. Tell me how it's going to affect me. And it served us very well here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. He said that yesterday. we got to explain to the American folks why these things matter. The other thing that he said... Uh, was, uh, and I'm a big fan of this, I say this all the time, it's not conservative values. It's real, simple American values. Yeah, I I think I'm excited for him. I think I'm a little nervous. <laughs> You're right, just wait. I, I'm nervous about that, but I think, you know, where conservatives have really seen some criticism is on the spending. And when, you know, I, again, I don't know a whole lot about him, but what I know is he t- he's more socially conservative. And I would have loved to see someone who is a little bit more fiscally conservative be at the top of the party. And so on those issues, you know, I, I hear he's really, um, you know, on on issues like uh, abortion, on issues surrounding um, trans issues, on all of that, I hear he's, you know, very Christian, very conservative on that. But I think where I'd like to see some movement is some more fiscally conservative decisions made in Congress. And so I wonder, and, and we've talked about this, you know, where is the future of our party? Is it is it more libertarian? Is it more socially conservative? And I think this is maybe one indicator that our party is right now in that social conservative space. Maybe it's maybe it's not, but I, I think I'm going to hold my breath and see how those policies start coming out and how this next deadline uh, is handled before I give him the Stephanie stamp of approval. Fingers crossed that he gets the Stephanie stamp of approval. Disappointed that... So- <laughs> it's pretty hard to get that stamp. <laughs> Very. I'm still trying to get it. <laughs> Two and a half years. <laughs> We've been trying to get it. Uh, so disappointed to see somebody from Biden's party, Hakeem Jeffries, House Minority Leader, in his speech. Uh, in introducing Mike Johnson, he talked about how much strife we've been through with the Civil War, the Great Depression, the Empire of Nazi Germany, September 11th. 2001. We faced adversity right here in the House of Representatives when on January 6, 2021, a violent mob. He brought that crap up. That's going to be a problem um, for Biden and Democrats or other problems. By the way, he interestingly enough, you know what he did not bring up? He brought up civil war, Nazi Germany, September 11th, the Great Depression. He did not bring up January the 20th of 2021. Do you remember what happened January 20th of 2021? Do I have to? <laughs> Nothing good. Biden was sworn in. I always thought it was I was curious as to why Hakeem Jeffries did not bring that up. He also did not bring up August 26th of 2021 when the president and when President Magoo's ineptness on a worldwide stage killed 13 of our U.S. service members. There's other problems for the president. But I think this is more important right now. I want to say hello to Jody, who is in Fulton this morning, regarding mental health issues. Jody, welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. What's on your mind? I just wanted to add a comment to what your conversation earlier, you know, by adding, by providing those mental health services while they're incarcerated initially, you know, you're not just saving tax dollars down the road. But you're also, hopefully, if they accept the help that is offered to them, you know, you're you're putting back into society wholesome people who are able to actually contribute, you know, instead of drain the resources of the community. But they're actually contributing back into society and they're whole themselves. How about so it's that? a win-win for everybody. Man, uh, Jody. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri in Fulton this morning. 
You bet. I mean, she's, that's a really good point. One of the uh, texture is hot this morning, 874-9390. We talked about the average lifespan of a phone, and the winner is? I think the iPhone 5S. So we've got some folks. This is kind of uh, interesting as we talked about crusty old pillows. In uh, <laughs> that would be all except for this, which John's going to be doing again this morning, 7.50. We got talking about old things that you own, but phones. And folks have been texting about that, some of the old phones that folks have out there. We're going to be covering that here on the show this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Coming up 725-ish, we are doing What's Hot with Hannah. This firefighter just wanted some fries with that. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. And 25. Time for What's Hot with Hannah. This is a first responder story. It's maybe not the best first responder story, um, but it's kind of funny. I found it entertaining. We're going to Washington, D.C., where there's other not-so-funny but slightly entertaining things happening. And these two firefighters back in March got in trouble because a, a medical call came out for a woman with chest pains. They were less than a mile away from the address at which the emergency was taking place. But they made a pit stop Uh-oh. on the way to the call. And it was Chick-fil-A. <laughs> they, totally worth it, though. Yeah, they said, well, we're less than a mile away from this lady. We've already placed our order on the Chick-fil-A mobile app before the call came through from dispatch. So we're just we're just going to stop and pick up our order real fast and then go help the lady with chest pains. How did it work out for them? Um, it didn't oh. very well. Uh, like, I, <laughs> like I said, that happened in March, um, and it recently came out. They'd been under investigation for the last several months, and a spokesperson with the D.C., fire department all they could say was they're no longer firefighter emts with the with the department uh no longer with the company we have changed their employment status yeah but i'm wishing them their best with their future endeavors right but yeah they got toned out because they were the closest unit and the guy said they stopped quote literally for a few minutes tops unquote uh, is the woman okay who had the heart? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Let's w- assume so. Yeah. I'm wondering how that lady feels. You know, you call 911 hoping for a quick response because, you know, you typically call 911 when it's one of the worst days of your life. Yeah. And they showed up with waffle fries. And, Marsh, you're kind of familiar with some of the workings of the 911 dispatcher, the life of a 911 dispatcher. A couple of years ago, Howlsworth and I toured a local 911 dispatch uh, uh, facility. Chris Kelly, Boone County Emergency Operations Center, was kind enough to let us see how it works, the inner workings. And and we talk about first responders. We talk about, like, you know, producer Hannah's husband, who's a volunteer firefighter. We talk about police officers and EMTs. But a first responder before EMT goes out, before law enforcement goes out, before a fire engine goes out, who gets the very first call? Dispatch. Yeah, 911 operators. And this facility is just re- remarkable. And it's like other facilities that I've seen in the past. Like they have what you might call a decompression room because the, the stress of a 911 dispatcher. Oh, like, it's tough duty. Yeah. Because uh, you're hearing all kinds of different stuff from people on their worst days. And. Now, when I call 911, I'm freaking out. Here, now, problems. And the dispatcher's job is, okay, there's a problem. I need you to calm down for a second so I can get the proper information. That's right. And did you hear the fun fact about our new Speaker of the House, Hannah? I didn't. All right. His 
dad was a firefighter. He founded the nonprofit organization, the Percy R. Johnson Byrne Foundation, after his partner was uh, who di- died in the line of duty. And Johnson's fa- father was also critically burned and disabled in the line of duty fighting the same fire. So we've heard all of the different connections we have to the new speaker. But he, yeah, dad was a firefighter. He's a lawyer. He was a radio host. But I thought that was really interesting and probably shaping his early mm-hmm. life. This like this article though reminds me of you ever had to show up late to a meeting and you've got like a coffee or something <laughs> and you just feel like a total turd. Is that even this? Uh, Are you looking at me? I am looking at you, Miss Bell. I don't. I've never stopped for Chick Fil A. <laughs> it's so embarrassing when it happens. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Meanwhile, Ford continues to stew about KTP. And pretend they can't afford what we're asking for. So even the U, uh, United Auto Workers doesn't like KJP. Uh, Corinne Jean, oh, it wasn't KJP, KTP. Uh, all right. Sean Payne, uh, President of United Auto Workers Union. They and Ford are apparently coming close to an agreement, and then apparently other automakers would follow. But Stephanie brought up an interesting point in the morning bell. Uh, excuse me, Daily DC Rundown. We do every morning, 625. Just what are, what's happening in DC or the big stories and the political implications. What about the local uh, car dealers, car salesmen? I know that I have been affected a little bit. Part that I need for my car, thank goodness they found one. They found one, uh-huh. but they told me uh, over the weekend, like, hey, you need this part. And meanwhile, I can get pulled over if I don't have it. Um, but they said we don't know when it's uh, when it's coming. Uh, welcome into the show. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. That is Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Producer Hannah is here. Hello. Mr. Marsh is here. Yep. My name is Brandon Rathard. Our Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe is joining us on the show. Uh, we might a- actually, I might ask you about that, uh, Mr. Kehoe. I know you were in the uh, the car industry. Uh, you're also in the ag industry. And one of the things that you do in the Lieutenant Governor's office, we pay attention to our number one. Uh, really, our, our number one. Uh, generates more money in Missouri than just about anything else. Uh, we're talking about agriculture, how the drought is affecting that. And if, uh, so from your point of view, having worked in the automobile industry, how in, in strikes in the past on a national level, how does that trickle down? Does that affect local car dealerships? Well, first of all, it's good to be on with you, Brandon. And, you know, I used to never want to correct you, but now that you're a short timer, I don't feel uh, correcting you is a bad thing anymore. It's, K- it's KTP, Kentucky Truck Plant, KTP. KTP, it's, it's not, not cr- the, it's, it's, no, no, she's horrible. Not Kentucky Truck here. Plant. Kentucky Truck Plant builds some of the best-selling vehicles in the world. So, you know, as a Ford dealer, we want to keep KTP separated from the Biden spokesperson lady. AJ. Um, Thank you. So anyway, yes, it affects the dealers exactly what you just said. Inventory levels, dealers have figured out how to manage that, you know, through the COVID craziness and different things of up and down levels. Um, But the parts uh, for repairs is where the big problem comes. So I'd be super happy to see. I'm still involved with the business. I'd be super happy to see Ford. Uh, get together. Looks like this morning they're they're pretty optimistic that they're gonna they're gonna get this figured out, um, and so we can get customers back on the road, cars fixed, you know, all across the world, obviously, including here in Mid Missouri. So um, I'm I'm hopeful that that settlement is done and we can move on. All right. And I know one of the things in the uh, in the news that Brian Housworth and John Marsh have been covering this drought as it's affecting Missouri, and it it matters. I think oh, so it's dry. I've got more sunny days. It's affecting the agriculture industry. Can you tell us where we are? Uh, with uh, Missouri's number one industry because of the drought? 
Yeah, I'd be happy to give you an update. Um, I was, you know, incredibly honored yesterday to be at the University of Missouri, um, where the Extension Office awarded me the Gordon Warren Land Grant Award. It's an award that goes to ag leaders and people who work um, in the ag industry to protect our number one industry and our family farms across the state. Uh, but, but because of that award, I was able to visit with Extension folks from all over the state. You know, we have 114 counties and about 112 Extension offices, and the drought specifically is what we talked about. Um, it's come back. So we had a little relief there at the end of July and August across the state, not enough to solve the problem. But the drought issue really is affecting um, cattle ranchers right now, which, as you know, we're in our 39th year of, of, of beef production in our farm. The, the row crop guys seem to have got out of the ground, got harvested, or the dry weather probably helped them a little bit get things out of the field. But if you're relying on pasture for cattle, and we're number two in the United States in beef cattle production, uh, so we have a lot of cow-calf operations out there, um, the drought is really hurting them. We don't have fall pasture. If you don't have fall pasture, you're not going to have winter pasture. So hay has become incredibly short across this state. Um, I've actually bought loads out of Nebraska to try to get caught up. So it's going to be a tough winter for anybody in the livestock end of the business, mainly cattle. Um, so we're very much watching that. Uh, the federal government and the state have several different programs. I would encourage all of your listeners who are producers to talk to their university extension office. Uh, they're working very closely with our farm service agencies with the U.S. and uh, to ask what relief and programs are out there because they're going to need help. Uh, Department of Ag also has a hay kind of hotline, an area where you can um, go to a website and see if there's any hay for sale in the state. I will just warn you in advance it's short, uh, but uh, it's it's going to be a long winter for the cattle producers, yeah. I can tell you that. And then at the end of the line, when I go or when you go to the, when anybody goes to the grocery store and you're seeing the cost of beef, this is one of the re, one of the ways it impacts us. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. And uh, Lieutenant Governor, appreciate your time. I, I'm going to follow up on that. And you bring up a very good point about the hay. And it does impact every consumer, whether they're a farmer or not. You're absolutely right because of what's happening with, with the prices and stuff. I talked to the governor. I'm looking at a story I did three weeks ago. I talked to the governor um, at, the, at the Missouri Pork Association when he was making his announcement there. And we talked about the drought. In the one th- He mentioned the hay and he mentioned the pastures. But he said we've got to do everything we can to make get farmers back whole as much as we can to go through the winter. In other words, they're not going to be whole. Um, I'm worried about that. And I know he is, too. What can be done to help them? Well, you know, Brian, the, thing, the statistic everybody needs to remember is four out of four people like to eat. <laughs> and Missouri farmers uh, literally feed and clothe the world. Uh, what's going to happen um, is that they're not going to get too deep in how the cattle industry sure. works. But if you can't find hay, you don't have pasture, you're going to sell your cattle. Um, and the inventory of cattle across this nation is already short. It's about what we call the lots are current. There's no backlog of cattle out there because of droughts and severe weather and issues that we've had out west of us in Colorado, Nebraska, et cetera, other big producing states. So the pricing is definitely going to get affected at the market based on these um, weather conditions that we've been facing the last couple of years. 
Uh, and so trying to encourage uh, cattle farmers to stay in the business, Brian, is what we're going to have to do. If they sell now because they don't have the pasture to get through the winter with their herd, we're going to have to incentivize them or encourage them to buy back next year or hopefully this thing gets straightened out uh, so that we don't lose that all-important beef production that um, Missouri is so famous for and that literally thousands and thousands of families rely on. I mean, when you talk about the cattle business, the ripple effect to the feed mills, to the fertilizer stores, to all of the different people that affect that family farm to get that cattle produced um, is is uh, unbelievable. Tens of thousands of people across the state um, will be suffering if we don't remain strong in that part of our industry. Missouri's Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe joining us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Governor's no secret. You're regularly in touch with our congressional delegation in D.C. You know a lot of, not all of them personally. Now that we have a speaker there, what would you like to see happen in the short term? Well, I am super happy. I've actually talked to Jason Smith and Mark Alford, and um, and I do have great relationships with Blaine and, and uh, Congressman Graves and Wagner, et cetera. Um, I am so happy. I think they're so happy they got a speaker elected. You know, the first thing, John, I think we need to do is make sure we get the resolutions passed that we stand with Israel, period. That has to be done. Um, that has been something we have not been able to do because Congress has not been able to meet, obviously, on the House side. Um, we have to reinforce uh, what our um, position is and let Israel and the world know that we stand with them. So I would encourage, and I think that will be the first thing you see get done, is some actions and resolutions uh, passed that would support the, the conflict that we're seeing over there. That's what I'm hopeful is first. And then our Missouri House Speaker, Dean Plonker, by the way, I did reach out to Dean Plonker the other day via text and asked him for a comment regarding allegations that he was double-dipping as it relates to travel expenses. What is your take on Mr. Plonker's situation right now? Well, you know, Dean's got, obviously, he has to work with his colleagues in the House and um, any kind of, um, you know, ethics committee um, issues that they might bring up, and he has to be able to explain himself. I, different than a lot of other people, actually talked to Dean, <laughs> which was amazing to me that, uh, you know, um, he's going through some tough times, and he reached out to several people who would not return his call and decided to talk about him on social media instead i'm an old-fashioned guy and i like to talk to the people who are involved uh dean is a friend of mine if he did something wrong if he did something malicious absolutely positively he should own up to it and take the appropriate uh, necessary actions that might come along with what he did um, but i think he needs to be able to tell his side of the story to the ethics committee uh, he is the speaker of the house that's a very uh, prominent position um, it probably makes if he did something wrong even worse you don't want your speaker uh, involved in something that's not right but i think the guy deserves a chance um, he was elected by 163 house members to be the speaker i think he deserves a chance to be able to get in front of whatever committee they decide to put together to hear what he's been going through and then make a decision and uh, i i trust and i think dean does too in the decision that his colleagues will make based on what's happened and now he has already declared um for lieutenant governor we are hearing rumors that potentially bob onder might jump in that race um, that's one we'll be watching closely, but as Missouri's sitting lieutenant governor, what qualities are you looking for and what do you think is important and, and what's the most important part of your job as lieutenant governor? 
Well, yeah, I tell people all the time, we have a lot of different roles in the lieutenant governor's office. Presiding over the Senate constitutionally, I think, is something very important. Being prepared in case something happens to the governor is very important. Governor Parson would tell you that's something that's very important. But outside of that building and those constitutional issues, the number one thing is, in my mind, that we do is the advocate for veterans. Um, Missouri is the fifth largest state with 475,000 men and ladies, heroes that have fought for our country. Um, and taking care of the veterans community and making sure we're doing the best for them, in my opinion, should be the number one thing that the lieutenant governor and any future lieutenant governor wants to do. Obviously, promoting tourism, our second largest industry, is very important. Uh, th almost 300,000 Missourians rely on the tourism industry for jobs, so they're going to have to be a good salesperson. They're going to have to want to market Missouri. I think that's a very important part of the job. Taking care of our state seniors, the Buy Missouri program that we just ended, Buy Missouri Week, those are all also very important. Number one to me has always been the veterans, and I hope whoever is successful in that job continues to understand how important it is to take care of those heroes. By the way, I know you just, there uh, is part of a, uh, a ceremony in Harrisonville, 1251st Transportation Company. There was a departure ceremony. This was in Harrisonville, and so for about a year, uh, these folks are helping out with operations at the Southwest border um appreciate the work you have done with veterans your work on the central missouri honor flight we've got to cut it uh, short there uh lieutenant governor mike Kehoe, anything else you want to add offer us some hope anything to be a benefit to missourians keep the men and ladies of the 1251st protecting our border and your prayers every state is a border state we've got to stop the craziest not craziness down there and brandon congratulations to you it's been a pleasure to work with you on this program i wish you all the best in your future and i know you'll do great Thank you, Lieutenant Governor. I appreciate that. Uh, and by the way, I'm incredibly nervous about tomorrow, if I can mention, uh, admit that to my uh, friends here on the show. Uh, tomorrow is the last show uh, that I'll be a part of. The show is going to go on. The show that I'll say is even going to be um, better. But I'm just like sick nerve. Like this morning, I'm I, not kidding. <laughs> you like, threatened. <laughs> no, John, this is the best. I guess he threatened Hannah that maybe he'll just stay home. And we said, oh, we're going to have a lot okay. of fun with that. No, yeah, because we're still going to talk about you. It wasn't. Oh, we'll go remote. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just that he was going to stay home. He's like, what if I test positive for COVID tonight? I'm like, you would do that. And All I these said, years of not having a positive COVID test, <laughs> he would. He would be the one. And my response, I've had it recently, so I'm immune, so that's not going to get you out of tomorrow. Sorry. The one cool thing about this when I leave, I get to listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri now. I, I've never listened to the show. Now I'll get to listen. Coming up a few minutes from now, that would be all except for this. What can we look forward to, Marsh? Let's sing. Jeffrey Dahmer's baloney has a first name. It's... This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Dow falling 105 points. The S&P off 60. The Nasdaq down 318. It's worst day in nine months. All right. So is there some hope this morning? We're going to find out. 70 Bell will have the uh, the futures for you in the morning. Bell, that's coming up at 825. Who are you going to trust when they're talking about EVs? Are you going to trust politicians? Or are you going to trust the people actually in the industry? We're learning more today. And that would be all, except for this. Well, wouldn't you know it, a Texas pizzeria facing criticism for a gory-looking pizza named after serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Capital Pizza Restaurant is in Lubbock. They came up with the pizza, the seasonal pizza called the Jeffrey Dahmer Special. It features a pizza crust that's covered with fake blood. There's an eyeball on it a dismembered finger, and cooked ramen noodles, which they say <laughs> represents intestines. 
Restaurant workers say the pizza was created to celebrate the spooky season with Halloween right around the corner. Also inspired by that network series on Dahmer, who murdered and cannibalized men and boys in the 70s into the 90s. And it's receiving mixed feedback, of course, on social media. Some users criticizing the display as disrespectful to Dahmer's victims. That is sick. There is nothing funny about this pizza and the six sick things that Jeffrey Dahmer did, which prompts the age-old question, what would you find in Jeffrey Dahmer's freezer? Ben and Jerry. And now you know the rest of that story. <laughs> uh, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube Live right now at Wake Up in Missouri, you'd see Brandon is squirming in his chair because he's grossed out. And I don't know which is worse, crusty old yellow pillows or a pizza named after Jeff. Because Jeffrey Dahmer, he ate his victims, right? Pretty much. The and ramen noodles good. are a nice touch. And I'm also laughing. I because, thought that was good, too. Right? Because it looks like the, the uh, stuff. But innards. Was, the innards. <laughs> um, because Stephanie Bell always, because I keep, I keep my shoes in the freezer because it helps abate odors and... And Stephanie says that is the behavior of a serial killer. <laughs> it, it really is. Although I guess I'm being fact checked by that because there's a new article about how much you should wash your denim, mm -hmm. and it's less than you might think. And mm. I heard a recent comment that if you're if you're not really supposed to wash it a lot, and if it starts to stink, you're supposed to put your denim in the freezer, and it'll help it not smell. So that? I guess I'd prefer frozen shoes to smelly shoes so thanks for that <laughs> and what did jeffrey dahmer and a hamas terrorist have in common both keep their dates in the fridge dates oh nice. dates. dates from the okay. yeah. didn't know where you were going with that one john yep